We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. And Scott and I just had a nice long computer talk. So uh, if you think a solution is going to be imminent here, but the extenders here and the Internet still might be not the Internet, the computer, the machine still might be a little bit up and down. But uh, we're working towards a solution. So welcome in, everybody. Happy Thursday, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, we uh, I was looking for a string guy this morning and thinking about the conversation we had last night, and I see he's already back today. So we're, we'll talk non-exclusive and why that doesn't did not and would not make sense for um, and Ethan's kind of explaining it too uh, right now. Is we'll talk about the non-exclusive tag and why that would have been a non-starter for Draymond Jones if you wanted to tag him, you use the regular tag. Um, and, and do a tag and trade, but which they decline to do. So lots of stuff going on. We'll have another good conversation, go about 45 minutes today, and then we're going to get Nick a new computer. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's got to happen. Uh, got the got the credit card out and uh, Chad's money, right? No, exactly. We got Jeremy Sean coming in saying, Morning, boys. I personally expect Alex Singleton back, Dalton Reisner and Draymond gone, maybe redo Chase Edmonds, Jake Martin, and Ronald Darby. Yeah, we'll get into that conversation, but certainly all possible. And you didn't list one of the players that uh, has been listed and being talked about in Mike Purcell uh, and a guy, I think the Broncos can save about 3.5 million off the top of my head for moving on from him. And he was solid last year, but in this defense, are you going to be more okay with DJ Jones there and kind of looking for spreading money elsewhere? Can you find that plugging 20% of snaps, nose tackle for, one million dollars yeah i was gonna say it's a one million dollar so you save two two and a half somewhere in that neighborhood um i'll bring up the the numbers but again three is pretty cheap you know i don't know what are you gonna get that's so much better than mike purcell for an extra two and a half million dollars you know maybe you can you know we've talked about i've said a bunch of times guards centers they're pretty cheap i could go get a pretty decent um offensive lineman for two and a half million dollars we've seen it done nick as, as we're doing this so there will be several cap casualties. Um, how many of them will come back? That's what becomes interesting. Like, would I'll, I'll look at that list and say there's no way Graham Glasgow plays on this contract. I'm not saying no way he's going to be back. There's no way he plays on this contract. There's no way Ronald Darby plays on this contract. There's no way Chase Edmonds plays on this contract. Yeah, that doesn't mean they won't be back. Yeah. Absolutely. We got Kevin Gray coming in. Morning, Broncos country. Nick Scott and Dylan. Rob Bucksbaum. Good morning, gentlemen, from Nashville. Best MHH team. I know that we would have saved some money, but thoughts on releasing Jewel? Too valuable, methinks. Yeah, Jewel, I think Jewel is 
you can save, I believe, five million moving on from Jewel. It's a yeah, it's a decent chunk of change, but you know, this was one of your better players, uh, leader. I think, I think Jewel is somebody that you're willing to put five million dollars into. Um, because if you didn't and you said, Hey, let's let's talk about a restructure, you're due three million guaranteed, we're going to pay you three million dollar signing bonus and extend your contract and lower your cap hit. He's got enough, he's got enough, uh, Capital, I would say, you know, we, we talk about your stock. I guess that's what I'm looking for a stock. He's got enough stock around the league right now that I think he could get a similar contract pretty easily somewhere else. If he said, no, I don't want to redo my contract. Go ahead and release me. Um, I think he'd be okay. You need to have that kind of leverage over, over the player one way or another financial or, or uh, playing ability. Yeah. And just with one year on his contract, I don't see the ability to approach him with the restructure. And also, you know, I'm a big Iowa Jewel guy. Um, I'm a big fan, obviously, but he's missed a lot of games due to injury. So I don't know if I'd want to approach him and give him another year. Uh, I liked that they signed him to a two-year deal at the time because a linebacker is a pretty easily replaceable position relatively to some other spots. And uh, with his durability history, you know, the more guarantees and years you add on, the more you're playing with fire. So I would wait for, uh, I'd run Jewel this year on his contract. Sting guy, good morning. Good to see you. Uh, DWI guys, Ethan. I feel like we haven't seen Ethan in a couple days this week. So he's been busy. He's got, you know, got a, got work to do. So, um, but let's hit, um, I want to hit string guy real quick and hit this, hit this question. He says, good to see you. Um, yeah. Where he comes up, he says, uh, I think I'm not understanding the rules for the non-exclusive tag. If another team takes a player with that tag designation, they must give the other team two first round picks. Is that correct? Correct. So it's basically, you would have to trade. It'd be the equivalent of, I want him and I'm going to trade two first round picks for you. And I'm going to sign him to his accelerated contract that you weren't willing to give him. Mm-hmm. So you're paying a lot of money and you're giving up two first round picks. Why wouldn't you do, why can you do that with Lamar Jackson? Because two first round picks for a 26 year old MVP quarterback is chump change. Teams would absolutely be willing to do that. That said in the history of this game, only one player has ever changed teams that has been hit with the non-exclusive tag. It was Sean Gilbert. Uh, several years back, another defensive lineman. Why you would not put a non-exclusive tag on Draymond Jones is because no one is giving you two first-round picks plus the contract for Draymond Jones. No one. They're not going to do that. So you basically just franchised him to that contract, which he might not want to play on. If you wanted to trade him and try and get something, a tag and trade, you use just the regular tag. That just extends how long you've got him under control with your rights. You've got him for another year. And then you can negotiate a new contract with him. You can negotiate, I'll trade him for a seventh round pick and you take his contract. It makes it more flexible. That non-exclusive tag means two first round picks and Draymond Jones isn't going to fetch two first round picks on the open market. So that's why you would not use a non-exclusive tag. And Nick, frankly, the non-exclusive tag to me is a little dishonest. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's it's kind of a, a, I don't know if poison pill is the right word, but it's like, like I said, oh, you, you've got a chance to go negotiate with other teams. Well, only one player has ever switched. So it's kind of, I'm going to show you the door. Here's the light. You have a chance. No, you don't. Not really. Because if, if they sign you to a contract, I then have the rights to match it. So Draymond goes and signs a four-year million deal with the Bears, if if he's got a non-exclusive tag on him, they've agreed, yeah, we're going to send you first-round picks. No, that's okay. We're going to go ahead and sign him back anyway. 
Now the the Broncos would not do that. They'd take the picks. Yeah. But this is but Lamar Jackson, you know, the the he would be worth two first round picks. Teams would be willing to do that. But the Ravens are going to match that contract. They're making the Raven, they're making the market do the negotiating with Lamar Jackson for him, which is it's dishonest. Smart with Lamar, though, in my opinion, from the Ravens. Uh, he's his own agent, right? Making him go out there and deal with multiple teams. Uh, so that way there's not any of the hurt feelings about dealing directly with him from the Ravens. Like, this is what the market said you're worth. So we're just matching you, that. You see where the hurt feelings are now, though, Nick. Yeah. Everybody's saying there's collusion in some teams. I, if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I don't want to go through the song and dance and hoops and jump through all these hoops to try and sign Lamar Jackson just to have the Ravens turn around and sign him and go through that. Oh, the Falcons have come to come to a deal, come to agreement with Lamar Jackson, only to be spurned and left at the altar. Spend a week whining and dining and convince him to come. Don't no, that's okay. We'll sign it. It's it's BS, man. So that's why you're hearing so much of the these teams aren't interested in Lamar Jackson. No, no, no. These teams aren't interested in doing the negotiating for the Baltimore Ravens. That's what they're not interested in doing. Not to get too far in this conversation, because this is a Broncos podcast, but given the cap space that the Falcons possess, they could probably make the deal in a way that it would be pretty damn hard for the Ravens to match. Thought about, uh, thought about that too. You know, you, you make them an offer that the Ravens really couldn't match. But again, there's so much that can be done with the cap and with the contract and everything. I mean, the, the, the Saints were $30 million over the cap. Yet they signed Eric Carr, who have a huge contract. So, again, I wouldn't necessarily be all that interested in doing the negotiating for the doing all the hard work for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that's the problem with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. And I hear my fans kick on my computer, so hopefully I'm okay with my CPU going on here. Uh, but uh, morning, guys, from Ryan Scott. Still can't believe we traded those picks for Sean Payton. Just messing. Jesse in here. Morning, guys. Michaela Israel. Good to see you. <laughs> we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is 4.30 a.m. in Hawaii. Good morning, Broncos. Ohana, good morning. Good morning, Michael Davis. Appreciate you being here. 
Um, and yes, uh, Keith Brugman comes in. He says Matt Castle got tagged, but then he got the non-exclusive tag, and then he was traded to the Chiefs. He was, I think, I'm not positive. If I put a non-exclusive tag on you, can I still then make a negotiation where I can try, where I can trade for what I want and basically remove that tag? I would think so because I can sign somebody to a contract and remove the tag at any given time. I think the tag in that case was just a mechanism that then they owned, they trade the rights to the chiefs and then the chiefs Mm -hmm. put a new deal on him. It wasn't actually the, the trade preceded the contract versus the signing the contract and the offer sheet. Uh, So I know there's also like a transitional tag. They should have tagged him unless they plan on tagging to tag JJ. Who's JJ? Jerry Judy. Who, who, Jerry Judy. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and but you can only use one tag a year. Yeah, Jerry Judy. Absolutely. That's who that was. All I can think of was Javante. I'm like, you're not tagging Javante Williams. Jerry Judy. They might could possibly use a tag on Jerry Judy. Um, they've got the fifth year option available, but you can only use one tag. So and the deadline is passed. So the Broncos did not use their franchise tag this year. That's done and gone. Yep. Montana altitude morning. and Scott say it again. I hope Sutton stays Taylor Heineke for backup quarterback. Broncos will bring in somebody at backup. It'll be a Sean Payton pick, which will probably create a pretty interesting dynamic in that quarterback room, but we'll see how it all plays out. Our guy, Patrick saying Aloha gents. I just hope to put the cap savings to good use. Yeah. That's assuming that we're putting the, Oh, you're talking about the release. Yeah. Uh, something that's not going to be very popular in the short term. And I see a lot of Broncos fans I've had a Twitter thread about it and a bunch fought back, but this could be an offseason where the Broncos are sitting there and playing the frugality game. Uh, Second-tier free agents, third-tier free agents, street free agents, and best protecting themselves to get comp picks and cap flexibility for 2024. I talked with Nick Corti, uh, who does a lot of work for uh, SpotRack, uh, and he's like one of the people who like broke the comp pick formula that the NFL had secret for a while, and then he's had it multiple years in a row where he's predicted it correctly. So he's kind of got it down, and he said that if the Broncos are playing the camp, the comp pick game with Draymond Jones, who's probably going to get a third-round comp pick, you probably cannot sign any single free agents this cycle, uh, non-street free agents, to a contract that contract that exceeds $15 million plus average per year. Now, if you sign somebody in that 15 to 12 range, you're probably going to cancel out your Dalton Reisner contract, which will probably get about $8 million in my opinion. It seems what the market is going to be about for him. That'll cancel that out, but it would protect your Draymond Jones one. Um, so that means the Broncos are going to be a little bit limited in how they can spend if they want to play yeah, that game. Unless you're going after a right tackle, which is yeah. something we discussed yesterday. Who would you rather have? And it's actually on this channel on Mile High Huddle. I cut up that discussion. Which player would be better for the Broncos? Which one makes this team better? Draymond Jones or a really good right tackle? $15 million? I mean, do you think the Broncos are going to come out and spend that kind of money on an external free agent on one, I can see a bunch of five. So in that case, string guy, you do get a comp pick back. You'd get a third round pick back for Draymond Jones. If you lose him as free agency, as long as you don't go out and get an equivalent free agent, because mm-hmm. then you're basically giving up your comp pick, um, which shouldn't be comp picks and all that stuff anyway. But again, I digress. Um, that uh, maybe, Maybe you go out and sign an offensive tackle. Um, maybe you go, but who else is out there that you would be dropping 15 million on Nick that could cancel out, uh, that would possibly cancel out Draymond Jones? Uh, Juan Taylor, any of those right I mean, tackles? Besides the right tackle. I guess if the Broncos move on from, <laughs> this is just cheating, but if they move on from Garrett Bowles and then you sign Orlando Brown, 
right? Like that's a, a left tackle in that situation. I can't think of any defensive players that make sense for the Broncos that would be paid that much. Uh, Javon Hargrave is older, uh, so I don't know if he's going to get as much APY as a Draymond Jones. Zach Allen's probably going to get a tier below. Um, but again, just talking about how that cap uh, situation plays out for the Broncos, they might have to hardline on a bunch of these deals, uh, put a, a, a topper on it saying we can't go above this because we're trying to protect that Draymond Jones piece. Why would you do that? Because cost controlled players are going to be the only way out of a potential dead cap hit over 2024 and 2025 of Russell Wilson. So nobody wants to hear that. Oh, what does that mean for George Payton? It means that George Payton's not calling the shots and he's going to have to make do with what he has this year. And uh, he's, well, he won't want to do that. He has to save his job. He's, it's not his team. Um, these are the parameters. You better hit on your damn draft picks. Your draft picks that you took last year better start to come together. Otherwise, you might be out of a job in here. I know it's all sunshine and rainbows right now, but I believe that uh, as much as Russell Wilson's on a one-year audition, same goes for George Payton right now. I agree, I agree with you. Um, in fact, if we rolled it back far enough, you know, we asked, do you think if Sean Payton is hired, is George Payton here? on August 1st. I said, no, I said, I don't, yeah. I don't think so. Now, um, obviously that still is possible. You know, you can still get through the draft. You can still get through free agency and make a change. But right now it seems like he will be here. You know, everybody's talking positively. The body language is all good. I'm not picking up any strange vibes from the, uh, you know, from the press conferences that you can sometimes glean. So yeah, I would say that he is here for this year, but then it's going to results this year are going to determine a lot of jobs for 2024. This is, this is a one year. Show me what you can do. Otherwise we're going to hit the nuke button. Yep. Uh, KB 82. Uh, good morning, fellas. What do you would cost to sign Taylor Lewan? Would you, what would you think of the move? He's never played right tackle in his career to my knowledge. And also he's been exceedingly unavailable uh, the last few years. His body has kind of deteriorated on him. If the Broncos had a need at left tackle rather than somebody already here, Sure. Toss him 1.5 million over one year and then draft somebody or <laughs> sign it, you know, like cheap. I mean, that's, that's what he's been. He's been crap the last two years uh, when he's been on the field and he hasn't been on the field really. So yeah, that that's the, the, we've, we've seen that a lot talking about Taylor Luan. Um, you need an offensive tackle, but you need a right tackle. And, you know, I've always said that if you can play left, you can play right but not for the kind of money that it's going to cost to bring in Taylor Luan. If, if he decides to play, he he would say you offer him 1 million. be like, that's okay. I'll just retire anymore. I can make more yeah. money out of football than I could in football. If that's the case and good for him, you know, mm -hmm. um, to, to build up his personal brand to the point where he could work in media or investments or whatever he wanted to do. But I don't think Taylor Luan, especially with the injury history that you've been dealing with, I don't want to bring in a guy that's got injury history. Do you? There's, I mean, I think I know the answer to that Broncos country. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, Taylor Juan maybe being able to make more money outside of playing the game versus playing the game. Same Taylor Juan and I, the same guy, uh, no <laughs> doubt about that. Same type of body, you know, just exactly big 10 guys, Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. David coming in here saying morning Broncos family, our guy Dom in the house. Good morning. And we got a $10 super coming in from Montana altitude. Uh, saying, is there a Tim Patrick update available? Looking forward to the new offensive line. Appreciate all you guys do. Last update we had was from the press conference, uh, pre-combine press conference from George Payton, saying that uh, seems to be on track and things are okay there. There had been no contradictory reports coming out almost immediately after that, like we had with Javante Williams. So I'm going to take that a little bit more at its word, especially considering that injury happened in 
July compared mm-hmm. to October. Uh, and also, I don't think it was multiple ligaments in the knee uh, for Tim Patrick like it was for Javante uh, Williams. So I'm thinking he's going to be available, but still might be a slow on-ramp uh, for him to start the year somewhat, but I think he'll be back. And, and a power receiver, it wouldn't affect him as much as it would someone like Jerry Judy. Um, you know, or what we've seen with KJ Hamler, who is relying on their change of direction and speed where Tim Patrick is a big receiver. So hopefully he can come back and to close to his best much quicker than some of the smaller, quicker receivers. So hopefully the, the update was like, like Nick said, just after, uh, at the NFL combine, someone asked about Patrick said it should be ready to go week one. So those are the kind of things I'm looking forward to. Hopefully he's out there in, in shorts and his Jersey, uh, at OTAs, uh, putting in, putting in some work and getting in some routes. Yeah, absolutely. Alabama Chagrin coming in saying, good morning. Who's your go-to t- uh, target and free agency on the defensive line? Mine is still Draymond Jones. <laughs> he's still here until he's not. Uh, Zach Allen makes a lot of sense, but I think Zach Allen might be the second most valuable defensive lineman on the market. So I, the Broncos might go cheap. They might just like bring back, uh, Deshaun Williams, you know, Scott's guy out there for super cheap, you know, a two year, 5 million kind of deal. And then uh, go out there and try to draft somebody as well. So uh, we'll see. But I think if you lose Draymond, then your target, your eyes turn to Zach Allen. Makes a lot of sense. Connection to uh, Vance Joseph, an inside-outside kind of rusher as well. Uh, probably can sign him for three to four million less per year. But uh, I don't know what the Broncos are going to do with their cap right now. And also, if Zach Allen gets a contract that could impact Draymond Jones's comp pick, they might punt on that, like we talked about earlier. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, which would be, for that, would be the Fletcher Cox, Devon Hargraves type. Um, on the interior line, how has uh, Hassan Ridgeway played? How did he play at San Francisco? You know, he's 28 years old, was making $2 million last year. Um, he hasn't done much. Okay. I was like, that might be somebody I would I'd keep an eye on, especially with some of the success you've had with the 49ers guys that you've brought in. Um, but we'll, um, my focus has really been early on on draft and – the Broncos free agents. I need to take a look and see who are, who are some of the better ones out there so I can answer that question better. Yeah. Baldwin uh, boxing. I don't recognize that name. So good morning to you. BB saying the Broncos have been so bad lately. My feelings won't be hurt to see anyone go. Yeah. And there's not a lot of emotional attachment to a lot of these players, given how bad the Broncos have been, but you know, hopefully they get a little better. Uh, Jeff W saying, so this year will be a re oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, we we've talked about that too. You know, what do the players think about this? What would they think about this? And, and Baldwin boxing kind of sums it up. We don't care. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, it, we, we do. There's a few of them where you might care, but they haven't earned the right to have a big, to, to, to kick up a fuss that Sean Payton's coming in and he's got a reputation for being a hard ass too bad. 
Yep. You know, your 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 five wins last year, your seven wins a year before. You haven't earned the right. If you if you had you if you had played better, you wouldn't be getting a new coach anyway. So I, I certainly get that. You know, everybody has their favorite players, but for the most part, nobody's untouchable. Everybody has a price. Now you would set a price on Pat Sertan that's so high that no one could afford it. But I I get it. The the emotional attachment to these guys is not as strong because they've been so poor the past several years. Damn. Jeff W. This will be a rebuilding year. It could be a setup for reset kind of year. If all the predictions come to fruition, it would certainly be nice to see investment made in, in Wilson to, to be functional before he falls apart from sacks. Some of that hopefully is going to be from players just healthy returning. Some of it will hopefully be from scheme. Some of it will hopefully be from Russell Wilson understanding what kind of quarterback he is and needs to be to protect himself. Uh, last season, you said this stat a few times, but Pro Football Focus has a rate stat where they you see how many sacks per pressure a player gets. And Russell Wilson was the single worst quarterback in the NFL in terms of pressures resulting in sacks, which means he's holding onto the ball too long. He's not seeing the field. He's not escaping like he used to. Uh, so he's got to be better there and protect himself, help out his offensive line some. Uh, but as far as the investment around Wilson, if the Broncos don't invest in Wilson, it's because that Sean Payton is not tr- really trying, not hard or trying hard not to be tied to him. And, this is just reading between the lines, dot connecting here, but every single report, all the language from Sean Payton and press conferences and whatnot, it really seems he's trying hard to tie himself to the Broncos, but not Russell Wilson. So again, we're just trying to use intuition here, but it does seem like that's how the Broncos could be set up. But as, as it should be, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's the way it should be. The problem was how far it went the other direction last year. You know, no mm-hmm. player should be bigger than the team unless, you know, they've earned that, mm-hmm. you know, and even then, you eventually move on. You know, Aaron Rodgers could be moved. He's been synonymous with the Green Bay Packers. We saw what happened with Tom Brady, you know, and those guys are a tier above or two tiers above where Russell Wilson's been, who's been a Pro Bowl quarterback for years. But these guys were their franchises. Russell Wilson comes into, and he hasn't really earned that with the Denver Broncos. And some of the stuff you're hearing was just asinine about the power structure last year. It was, I I mean, I... Again, I still don't believe some of it, but I believe I also believe more of it than I did six months ago um, yeah. about you know the, the the Nathaniel Hackett power structure and everything. Chase coming in says, "Morning, fellas. Appreciate all the work." Richard Butt with a good word. He says, two dollars for Nick's security deposit," and uh, a good word for the, the the Mile High Insiders last night. He says, "Last night's pod might have been my favorite from Thomas Hall." Cheers, gents, to my favorite duo here. Thank you, Richard, and I agree with you. Um, you know, I'm I'm on these shows usually seven days a week in the background and do four of them. So I'm I'm here a lot. Sometimes I'm more engaged than others. And last night's show was good. It had my attention. And uh I think Thomas, where he had the ability to relax and, and let his knowledge take over, uh, when he's got a partner like Luke to to bounce off him and he's not trying to worry about hosting a show. Uh, I thought Thomas was fantastic last night and it already has over 3000 views on YouTube. So check out last night's mile high insiders. I'm going to cut up the segment where he goes to bat for Draymond Jones, where he says, uh, you know, I, I, I understand why, but I disagree with it. And he went on a, a long, a long uh, monologue about it. I'm going to cut that up and put that up today and link it back to the show. So it was, it was a good show. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, thank you very much. And Scott, good job. I don't know if you saw my internet freeze there for a second, but we're back. D Generation X, good morning. All it's not the internet, it's the computer. I need to quit blaming the internet. I'm sorry, 
uh, Xfinity. And uh, good to see a D-Generation X. Phil McLaughlin, good morning, Nick and Scott. What do you guys think about Bradbury uh, or Pokasik at the center? Uh, go Broncos and Buckham. Bradbury was a first-round pick for the Vikings, an extremely good athlete for the outside zone scheme, but he's had some issues dealing with power and pocket collapsers, and that is something that if you had a quarterback not named Russell Wilson or a better athlete back there, I'd be all about bringing in Bradbury. I think he's a great outside zone center and uh, could help be a weapon in the run game, but because he gets blown up in his ability to anchor, that makes it really hard with Russell Wilson. So I, I... I think he's going to get paid. I think he's a better fit elsewhere. If the Broncos brought it in, brought him in, I'd be worried about the fit with Wilson, but long-term outside zone ability in the run game would be fun. Poke stick at center. Uh, be excited. He's a little bit tall, uh, six, six, but uh, been a pretty good player. I'm worried about what his market is going to be. Cause he looked really good last year, but he probably was playing between the best guard duo in the entire NFL in uh, Bettino and Wyatt Teller. So he had an easier job uh, than a lot of centers out there. So we'll be interesting to see his market. I just posted a link to one of my favorite uh, parts of spot rack. The, they call it the, the value rankings. Mm. Um, and, and post it came in at number two at just uh, 1.2 million. So he's up for a big raise. Green Humphreys was number one, Jason Kelsey in Philly at 9 million was actually number four. So, um, you know, you can see where, where people came in and where they, they think compared to where they were paid, and we talk about value all the time, you know, is, oh, this guy, he's not very good. Well, he's a seventh round pick. You know, he's, you, you got what you paid for, or he, he, he stinks. Well, he was a, a vet minimum. You know, you're getting what you're paying for. Uh, I think I started that with Teddy Bridgewater to begin with. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, he's not good enough. You're paying $4 million. Yeah. You gave up a six round pick and $4 million. That's third string money. <laughs> yeah. what, what are you expecting? He, he did okay for uh you know for what you paid for him so i like that i just linked it in the chat if y'all want to check it out for for centers gary palmer comes in says good morning nick and scott and broncos family thank you gary appreciate you coming in yellow for us today gary's the dude we appreciate you nathan coming in same as sean po- uh sean payton as coach do you expect the broncos to utilize a fullback position kind of like the saints did yes i expect sean i mean we already saw it with them bringing in little jordan humphrey they're looking for a bunch of different body types and weapons because what Sean Payton likes to run a matchup based offense. And in that first half, first quarter, he really likes to kind of prod uh, different weapons and packages out there and see how, what other teams game plans are for how they uh, react to what you're running out there with based on your personnel and type of players. And then lean in, lean on what he thinks has been the, uh, the best matchups based on how the other team responded to them. So uh, having a fullback, having a versatile fullback, being able to play 21, 12 personnel, with kind of that uh, hybrid H-back fullback type is something that this team is looking for. And luckily for the Broncos in this upcoming draft class, there's a lot of really good tight end classes. I've Daniel Jeremiah, D- Dane Brugler head over heels about this tight end class. It might be, it might be the best depth tight end class that we've seen in a decade. Uh, and you're going to have some options day three for the Broncos and some guys who could play day one. Uh, the other one to watch out for here, as far as a H-back fullback tight end type is a, uh, Foster Moreau, he was the number two tight end for a number of years with the Raiders. And the Broncos' backup offensive line coach was a coach of his in the past uh, as well. So there's a connection there. So watch out for Foster Moreau as an option in that kind of uh, skill set. I would just expect to also see the running backs getting a lot of touches. Um, They had three. In in 2018, um, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram combined for 340 carries and 100 receptions. So 440 touches. 
that's pretty close to what Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams split two years ago. Um, I think they were right both at 200 carries a piece, like exactly. I mean, they had the exact same amount. I don't remember if it was 200, but it was like 202, 203. Yep. And it was split evenly. You're going to get a heavy dose of the running back. So how much will the fullback be used? But we were talking about free agents you bring back, Andrew Beck. You know, he he could come back and, and he could become um, a valuable piece as well. They had Taysom Hill as kind of the fullback route uh, as well. So um, again, Sean Payton is known for high-powered offenses. Drew Brees is known for throwing a lot, but they use the running backs a ton, a ton. Yeah, yeah. Toyin coming in. Good morning, good afternoon. Good to see you, Toyin. Lawrence, what's up, guys? Dom saying, Nick, tell your wife to buy a new computer. It needs to be Daddy Chad. I need to come in here for that. No, I'm just kidding. We'll get it out. We'll have to figure out how to get that a write-off and everything. Ryan coming in saying, Jano. Uh, Michael coming in saying, Andrew Beck is a fullback and tight end. He's the type, but maybe the Broncos want to go with a little bit of a... Uh, an upgrade there uh, for the position. So guys, I have a meeting today that I have to get out to pretty soon. So we're going to wrap up here shortly, probably next 10, 15 minutes. Uh, but we do want to talk about the title of the article, Woody page for the Denver Gazette, longtime uh, writer. And I love Woody. I remember back in like fifth grade coming home from class and watching around the horn. And I'd always cheer for Woody pages arguments on that ESPN show. Uh, he was always funny. I always loved the chalkboard in the background, but uh, he said that the Broncos, there are, Four players listed that are very likely, I didn't say without a doubt, but very likely to be cut. And guys, we talked about on here before in um, Graham Glasgow, number one, uh, number two being Ronald Darby, number three being uh, Chase Edmonds, and number four being Mike Purcell. So any surprise here, Scott? We were talking a little bit about Mike Purcell before the show started, but the rest of these all make all the sense in the world that the Broncos are going to move on from him. I don't hear Glasgow echoing in my, in my Glasgow. Ear. Glasgow's in there too. He was the first okay. one listed. So that would be, you know, five then, right? Glasgow, oh. Darby, Purcell, Edmonds. Okay. I'd throw Jake Martin in there possibly too. Maybe I that's who too. I'm forgetting. Um, yep. But, but yeah, those are the guys that, that those five, again, they could be back, but they are prime restructure. They're they're getting paid more than their value, and they don't have a big dead cap associated with it. That means you're in jeopardy of not keeping that contract if you're a player, and you need to be willing to negotiate yeah. um, or or walk. Um, but that's why you have agents. So no surprises in there. I think Purcell for me would be the one I would probably be the most apt to try and keep on his money. I mean, he's I think he's the cheapest of that bunch. Um, let me see where Purcell is. I have to Purcell. I kind of went over him. Yeah, I have to scroll all the way down. He's he's up to four, but he's got zero dead cap. Yeah, he's at three point eight million. You know, it will cost a million to replace him. How many snaps are you going to get out of him? What is your scheme going to be like in advance, Joseph? He is a solid run plugging defensive tackle. What has been the weakness of this team is strength in the trenches for me, Nick. I, I, I'd kind of like Purcell to stick around. I think you can prop. The, the big question is for how this scheme is going to play under Vance Joseph. Can DJ Jones play more of those nose guard, nose tackle snaps? Is there a role for a zero tech one technique based on what they're going to run? How much is that? And can you get that for cheaper? Um, DJ Jones was awesome last year in his role. Mike Purcell was also, but the thing about Purcell, you can save some money. He's had a lot of injuries uh, over the last few seasons. So it's the, it's the double jeopardy kind of game. Uh, maybe the Broncos hold on to him and then that can be kind of a 
later cap casualty discussion when the Broncos are cutting down to 53, especially if uh, a Wazarike steps up and can kind of play more of those uh, zero through two technique, you know, position positional roles when you're running those out there, not three, but uh, that's uh, something to consider. But I think right now I, I like Mike Purcell also seems like a great, uh, great dude, despite the, you know, yelling towards Russell Wilson behind Nathaniel Hackett who didn't hear him in that Carolina game. But uh, you know, that's, I think you can probably find, that archetype uh for cheap and if you can bring back Purcell for a restructure maybe add an extra year with almost no uh guarantees in 2024 then fine but he's listed I think and probably for a reason he did play all 17 last year yeah so um you know he could be battling niggling injuries a lot of them do you know nobody's fully healthy come December um but again and at four million that's that's good money that's that that's solid money um and I, I like how you put that towards the end. It, it, he could end up being a cap casually, just not in May. It could end up being in August when yeah. we talk about some of these guys. Who could you pick up? And you want to see how some of your young guys, who else is going to be available. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good shout that he is he's on the list. Yeah. But I feel more confident in him being back than I would, at least on that contract. Yeah then I, I do some of the other guys for sure. Um, and he is, he's, he'll be 32 uh, in, a, in about six weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, which is fine for a power player like that, but you know, you could knock his number down. If he's due for this year, I could sign him to a new contract two years, 5 million to get two and a half. And I save a million and a half uh, yeah. a year on his deal. So he could be up for a, a restructure of sorts, but you know, I think he's, I think he's a decent guy to keep around, but maybe not at four, maybe not at 4 million. And just circling back to the Josie Jewel conversation earlier. Uh, it's the same thing for me with Purcell. He was healthy last year, the last four years though, he's been injured. Uh, and so adding an extra year with guarantees on makes me a little bit weary, uh, but we will see how it plays out. The other ones here that maybe you could see it strung out a bit uh, is Darby. Darby's obviously coming off of an a- uh, ACL injury that he suffered. And if the Broncos are, you know, soft playing the offseason this year and instead looking for more for flexibility in 2024, holding on to some of these guys, maybe getting a trade partner uh, for them later on when the market doesn't uh, materialize for cornerback post April, you know, the the trade and stuff like or post the draft, uh, then maybe you can trade him and still move that salary off there. Um, Will be interesting to see how that plays out. I think I think these four listed are probably going to be moved on from, but. We'll see. Uh, Phil McLaughlin saying, I'm not confident in Javante Williams being available in September. Two to four million is worth going after James Robinson. Broncos are going to go after a running back, no doubt. The one thing about James Robinson is that he's not a very good player in the pass game. Um, and I think that's a big part of the Sean Payton offense, at least what they the guys they've been linked to so far. Well, what was funny is I was kind of just looking at his numbers here, and I was like, this guy's kind of got a similar career arc to Philip Lindsay. And then you just said, oh, and he struggled in the pass game. I'm like, he is Philip Lindsay. Except um, he's good in pass blocking. Yeah, his receiver but, is know, not good, but he's a good thousand yards is a run drafted rookie. Then all of a sudden he becomes a guy that is expendable, and his numbers go way down. As mm-hmm. you know, yards per carry goes way down in his second year. Um, two to four million on James Robinson. No, James Robinson for less than that. Maybe, maybe yeah. again. I see so many of these college running backs that are just good football players that I know I can get in the fifth and sixth round for a couple hundred thousand dollars and three years of control. I'm, yeah. I'm more interested in, I am more interested in drafting a running back than I am signing a free agent running back, Nick. 
you know what? You're going to get a little column A and column B because the Broncos are probably going to do both uh, this cycle. And they probably won't sign a massive long-term deal on a running back, but I could see something where you sign Kareem Hunt to a three-year deal, which essentially is a two-year deal with pretty high money up front, but you're paying that money up front. So that way you aren't paying him, you know, in 2025 kind of thing. So we'll see guys connected to, uh, I uh, the Broncos new running back coach, just keep an eye on David Montgomery, cream hunt, and also running back from Northwestern Evan hole, who is, I can, I'll spoilers right now. Broncos six round pick and my next mock draft will be Evan hole uh, for the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a great fit for this offense too. He's a good uh, receiving back and he tested well. So Evan hole, watch out for him. Lewis is talking about Jimmy Graham stood out as a difference maker in Seattle. I can't even recall who else he played for saints played for Sean Payton and the saints. Um, I I just happened to see his numbers. I didn't know anything about him when he was coming out knew, okay, this is a basketball guy. And I see it. I was like a basketball guy with these testing numbers draft this kid, Jesus criminy. And I think he kind of fell down and all this. I'm like, but God, you, you talk about, you know, this is an athlete's game. This was an athlete. His numbers coming in the combine with a basketball background were awesome. Yeah. Turned out he was a pretty good football player too. Yeah. Uh, so before we start to wrap up here and appreciate everybody who's come in and supported us uh, so far today, um, Scott, I got to run, Scott, so we can't talk to the computers, but we should definitely do that uh, soon I'll do here. Some, I'll send you some links. Okay. I like, well, I like, and if anybody wants to talk cars, I'm available. I'll do some car shopping for you. I, I know some, I know sports. I know cars. I used to know kids movies. My kids are getting older though. They just, so I know old kids movies, not the new ones anymore. Yeah. Uh, you guys can hit me up for uh, any questions about trails and backpacking trips in the Pacific Northwest. That's about it. Uh, but uh, we're talking about earlier, talked about holding on to Mike Purcell through um, the waves of free agency. I think the four that are listed here are probably going to be gone. Uh, but you mentioned Jake Martin earlier. I think that's one where it really makes sense for him. Uh, the Broncos traded, they flipped a fourth round pick for Jake Martin and a fifth, I believe is what the trade was. There might've been a 2024 pick in there as well. Uh, but the people on Jake Martin come off, uh, be looking to uh, potentially flip uh, Cooper or Martin uh, for a pick uh, when the Broncos start to go from 90 to 53. Yeah. Martin's he's okay. You know, he's, he's fine, you know, but is that good enough at what kind of money he's on? He's on 5 million. You know, that's, that's too high for me for what you're expecting out of him. Maybe he plays his way into that role, but that's too high for me with, uh, with what he's got. I think he's, I think he is on the, on, I don't even think he's on the bubble. I think he's in the bubble and then we'll see if, if something happens with him. But I, when we talk Chase Edmonds, we talk Darby, we talk Glasgow, I throw, I throw Jake Martin in there as a cap casualty too. I think just given what they traded for him and what he was on the market prior to last season and the position he plays, that if you have a competition for him, you hold on to him for now. Because again, we're talking about trying to play the rollover game. You're just holding on to that money right now through this free agency cycle, but it's going to be available for you 2024. And then you have what you did last year with, uh, gosh, they already, who's, who's the player they traded that was the edge rusher? Malik Reed. Um, you had Malik Reed here. You had Jonathan Cooper. Well, if I can get a six round pick for Jacob Martin, the contract's then gone. We had him through a f- tr- training camp and whatnot. Then you move on. But I think that that's, that's what I'm thinking as far as keeping Jake Martin. The other one who comes to mind in that realm is uh Lloyd Cushenberry to me. No, not much value for him as a backup, but maybe come May, June, July, uh, before you have to cut down to 53, somebody sends you a six round pick. You send a seventh. 
you got rid of the contract and you upgraded value just ever so slightly, but still it's there. Yeah. On the move, on, on, on the move one way or another. I, again, I don't expect him to play in Denver on that contract. Yes. Let's, you know, so how, how that shakes out, we'll see. But mm-hmm. as I'm looking through my guys and I'm George Payton, he's one of the guys that I've got circled as we can do something here. Uh, mm-hmm. One way or another, we can, we can start shopping. We can start talking to agents about restructuring, but he is on the, we need to do something with this contract uh, right now. <laughs> well, we, we need to do something with this contract. I've got flexibility here. Yes. Ethan coming in one surprise cut trade that hasn't been mentioned. What about kicker Jason McManus? Brandon, 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 McManus. I'm sorry. Jason McManus was a fraternity brother of mine. How you doing fish? Shout out. fish. That's a good one. <laughs> Mine was happy feet. Uh, but uh, what about Brandon McManus? I uh, could see him being cut as well, especially if the Broncos tried to approach him with a restructure. He think he has a good a bit of self-confidence, I think is what we'll call it. So the Broncos approach him with a cut or a contract he believes below average. I mean, he was statistically one of the worst kickers in football last season. Granted, I think the snap exchange was an issue as well, and I'll give him credit for that. I'm, I'm tough on McManus uh, because he's the kicker and they pay him a lot, but going to kicker purgatory is also concerning. It hits... With McManus, it's a lot of it's similar to a lot of players the Broncos right now on their team, where it's like, okay, you can move on from him this year, you save a little bit, but not a lot, and then 2024, uh, you can his contract is easy to move on from. You save yeah. a lot, so I'm thinking it's probably a kick the can decision for him this year. He's a he's a he'd be a post June one cut candidate, cut that yeah. in half, and you'd save almost three million because he's at five with a two and a half dead cap. Um, you might be able to you might be able to trade him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot of trades for kickers. They're just, it's, it's just, they're so hard to scout. It just, yes. it is. Like I said, there's Luck. tens of thousands of guys that can kick a 50 yard field goal. How many of them can do it with 80,000 people breathing down your neck? You know, it's anybody can make a four foot putt, do it at the masters. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just different. Um, I would say a post June one candidate for him, but I think that's a good shout. And Talk about the personality and a new regime. Might be time to move on from, I'm going to call him Jason again. Might be time to move on from Brandon McMattis and get some new new, new blood in there. Yeah. Appreciate definitely. you. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you so much, Ethan. And talking about time to move on, I got to move on. I got to walk the dog and get into this uh, work meeting. Sometimes that uh, Pacific time zone is a, a curse if they're trying to get me in there for uh, early meeting. And Scott just finished his coffee too. So uh, shout out to Patrick. We appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. Scott is at Scal Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. I checked it yesterday. I see some like, comments on there on five star reviews on uh, Apple iTunes. We appreciate that when you guys do that. Thank you for the shout out for somebody saying Nick needs need, need a new computer. LOL. Love you, bro. I think he said the internet, but. Uh, we're going to work on it here. Also uh, subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Click that bell icon. So that way, you know, when we go live and we appreciate you guys, you know, just get the word out there. Uh, free agencies right around the corner and we're going to get into it. And also we're going to get into Michael Davis with the buzzer beater. Bow, bow, bow. Somebody hit the air horn uh, <laughs> saying our Super Bowl teams had four to six potential hall of famers. Every time do we even have one Patrick Sertan? Everyone's expendable. We deserve relevancy. Deserve ain't got nothing to do with deserve. it, but yeah, that's, it's a D, the D word, uh, but uh, I think that the Broncos have potentially two Hall of Fame players on their roster right now. I think Justin Simmons, if he keeps it, I mean, he's a long-term player, but I think his play style lasts for like the next seven to eight years. And if he keeps leading the league in turnovers, I mean, there's going to be an argument for him 
there's not a lot of dominant safeties right now that you've put up there. Uh, so which I think able, will hurt him. I think there might be a where it's going to be tough to get any safeties in from this group of players in the NFL for the last five to the next 10 years. If he plays as well as he did the last like three years for the next six, I think there's going to be a long-term argument for him out there. There's just, I think the way the game is going right now, there's not the, it's not romanticized or impactful as the safety position used to be, uh, especially with how niche the players are being. Uh, but Patrick Sertan's definitely one. Yeah, you're, you're, he's on that trajectory. The other one is pretty obvious, and you would sniggle at it right now, but it's Russell Wilson. Yeah. You know, if Russell Wilson gets back into, it's going to be harder to make the Pro Bowl in the AFC, but if he gets back to throwing, you know, being a top 15 type of quarterback and starts stacking up the numbers where his overall career numbers move up, and he's got nine Pro Bowls and he's got a Super Bowl ring, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a guy, but he's got to start turning around for sure. <sighs> yeah, he definitely does. But uh, guys, we're going to have to get out of here. Thank you so much for the uh, the fun conversation. Scott and I will be back again on Monday. Uh, you guys have a great weekend. Uh, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll chat later. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.